Oh boy. Yeah. So, uh, the, uh, furnace went out on us just in time for winter. So, Always. Yeah. And now we're, Solid. Uh, now we're living with right, right as this ridiculous storm is barreling up the East coast. Great. <laughs> um, we got lucky last night. It, uh, did not get below freezing. So all of the precipitation was just rain. Yep. Same here. Yeah. Well, at least you're not snowed in at some rando's house uh, for like four days. That's true. That's true. That's good. If I recall, she didn't feed me um, or give me a handy, I think, if I recall. <laughs> no, but I do remember that she had a uh, a automated uh, stand-to-sit desk that you were having a lot of... <laughs> fun with that's right while, re- while recording from a bunker in a yeah, snowstorm that's right i was in her basement for sure mm-hmm. if only i could remember her name uh, <laughs> i can't get to the uh don't bite the handy that feeds you joke but i know it's in there somewhere <laughs> but it's there somewhere there's a walk somewhere to that joke <laughs> See, now it has to stay in because you made it too funny, Armour. <laughs> I already it's broke so our show good. three it's minutes so in. It's so good. <laughs> oh, Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh... It, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? Hitler. Just prepare to... Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you're listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is January 6th, 2024, and this is episode 678. Coming to you from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, I'm the Dr. Jason Triplett. This show, we're going to discuss hella games, because we haven't talked to you guys for a while, but we're going to focus, I guess, on games against Milwaukee, <laughs> Milwaukee, Atlanta, and Boston that happened this week. Joining me this week are two of our analysts, Coast to Coast, like Buttered Toast, first from Asheville, North Carolina. He's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. It's John Coulson. What is up, Pacer Nation? I have missed you. It has been way too long. We're going to talk about all the things, but I do want to, I don't know if we uh, mentioned this before, but RIP uh, George McGinnis, one of the great Pacers of all time. Uh, We've been gone a long time, so uh, that happened a while ago, but uh, ah, what an amazing career, an amazing man of community. I mean, born and raised in the city and uh, one of the greats, so shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Thank you for doing that. We definitely failed to do that the last time we recorded. I think it just uh, happened. It was, you know, a lot was going on. A lot was happening. Yep. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? I uh, hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. 
Shout out to the Colsons. When I got back from my travels, had a very kind gift. Hmm. Shout out, you guys. Double shout out. I also got a gift from the Colsons. Always so thoughtful. I don't know how he ended up with this guy. No. Yeah. My mother's so disappointed all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we had the, we had a principal, Mr. McLeod, I think, that would always say, you know, when when we would go, he would celebrate the students for doing something well, and he'd be like, yeah, you know, but we all know the acorn doesn't fall too far from the tree, you know, so really it's it's you guys. But in Colson's case, the the oak tree was on a hill, so the acorns <laughs> dropped and it just rolls <laughs> way down, it's way down, way far. And then you're stuck with this guy. It rolled expeditiously <laughs> down the hill. <laughs> All right, so I think the last time that we recorded, the Pacers were in the midst of a uh, stretch of basketball where they lost. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of nine games uh, spanning from, uh, well, I guess the in-season tournament final isn't an official game, but they lost that game. Uh, then beat Detroit, then lost to Milwaukee, lost to Washington. I was at that stupid game. Lost to Minnesota. Lost to the Clippers. Beat the Hornets. Yay! Then lost to the Grizzlies. Aww. And lost to Orlando. That took us up to Christmas Day, basically. And then since then, the Pacers have gone on a tear. So December 26th, uh, beat Houston in Houston. Uh, Two days later, beat Chicago in Chicago. Two days after that, beat uh, the Knicks at home. Then opened up the new year with a win at Milwaukee. Uh, and then two days later, beat Milwaukee again, this time in the, the field house. And then on Friday, beat uh, the Atlanta Hawks, scoring 150 points Boy. against that team. 50 However, assists, today, 50 assists on, on 60 field goals. Unbelievable. Uh, sad news, though, that six-game win streak, which is the longest of the season thus far, um, came to an end tonight as the Pacers dropped one to Boston. In the field house, one eighteen to one oh one. So we're gonna we're not gonna dive into probably specific games too much here, since there's so much basketball to cover. But I just want to sort of let's start with you, Colson. I mean, roller coaster of emotions for you. You know, the holidays are always a time of uh, you know reflection and uh, you know certainly they getting are. into arguments with your family, <laughs> but then also the joy of you know the the lights and all this whatnot uh how are how are you doing how are you feeling about this team right now well i had missed the uh final show before the holidays uh of course we missed a couple weeks uh and i think i sent uh, a text to you all that said that i had that uh, not that i had given up on the team but the team had given up on itself they had no soul um they they no longer cared about um the purity of the game I was very upset. Uh, they only played for tournament trophies. Outside of that, they didn't care about um, winning. And I was very, very down on this team. Um, I went uh, out with a fan of the show, uh, Mike Morrow, to watch this Houston game that came right after uh, Christmas. Um, and uh, Rick Carlisle had uh, taken uh, my criticism seriously. I think he was very upset as well. 
about uh, our effort on defense. And he started the uh, team that started last year. So, you know, we had we had talked so much in the offseason about, you know, we need to bring in Benedict Matherin in the starting lineup. He's ready. He had such a great rookie season. Um, and, uh, you know, Obi Toppin was the, the big-name guy we'd put in. Uh, we'd given some uh, – had traded a draft pick for um, – from the Knicks to, to bring in as our starting lineup. And uh, Carlisle said, you know what? I'm going back to what works with us. Uh, and uh, Jalen Smith and uh, Aaron uh, Neemhard get the, uh, the starters minutes uh, against Houston, and we win the game. And, uh, you know, is this changed the trajectory of our season. Uh, I think we are playing slightly better defense or at least defense enough to allow our scoring to be um, as amazing and incredible as it's been. Uh, Halliburton has been on fire. Uh, But I think that, I think Carlisle going to the team and saying, look, if we're not, if you're not going to put in effort, you're not going to play in the starting lineup. You're not going to, you know, you put a challenge to the team. And I think the team has responded and it's been a, fantastic six game run until you know losing to maybe the best team in the league against the Celtics so yeah that's where I'm, I'm that's where, that's where I'm starting with so inserting Andrew Nimhart into the lineup the- well no I have part of it I mean you know one of the things is we you know one of the things we said last year is that having an extra ball handler and passer matters um, also I think that Jalen Smith's um, Injury and inability to play a lot of these games has, has led to losses. Like, Jalen Smith is one of our best players. He's our best rebounder. Um, and he didn't really fit last year, and he lost his starters minutes. Um, and we went small. But he had he's playing so well this year. I mean, you know, last year he didn't have the three-pointer. It's back. I mean, I think um, you take a guy who's been one of our best players – uh, and put him in that starting lineup, and I, I, things start to make a little bit more sense. Um, Matherin gets to go back to the bench and uh, be the uh, you know offensive punch that he always has been uh, in his, his rookie season, and not sort of lost to all of the, the offense that's in the first unit. Um, Obi Toppin continued to be the athlete; he can do that off the bench. I don't know. It just seems to make more sense. It seems like everything seems to make a little bit more sense. And uh, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the direction of this team. And, you know, you put the guys that play defense in the first unit and put the guys that run and gun in the second unit. And, again, we're not a solid defensive team. We're not even a good one. We're not We're not anything. We're just slightly better. And if you're the best, <laughs> off, if you're the best offense in the league, all you have to be is slightly competent, right? I mean, hmm. I will remind the listeners that if the season were to end today, we would be the highest scoring basketball team in the history of the NBA. Like, we are doing something very special. And all I have to do is be slightly competent at defense. And that's what we did this last two weeks. We're starting to win games. That's all it takes. Hmm. Uh, Harper, do you concur with that assessment? Or do you see something else uh, happening with this team? Well, I, I'm a little bit worried about podcasting at all right now. If we don't podcast, we go on long wind streaks. The second we started recording, we lost to the Celtics. I'm just, I'm a little concerned. Sure. Maybe the Pacers podcasting. just hate us. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's been obviously a heck of a run. I, I guess in, in answer to the analysis question, it, it kind of depends on, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. Can, can you win most bas- Can you win more than 50% of basketball games with no defense? I mean, yeah, during the regular season, sure. Um, you know, to get to the finals, probably, probably not enough to just not play defense. <laughs> no, you can't win in the playoffs this yeah. way. You can't do that. No. Well, I, you know. We, uh, in that six-game winning streak, the back-to-back wins against the Bucks sure do stand out. That is a really good team. And had it not been for dropping those two games to us, they would have the same record as the league-leading Boston Celtics. That is a very good team. Whose number we just seem to have, uh, which Malik Beasley said as much after the game um, and promising that, you know, if we met in the playoffs, it was going to go very badly for us, so... Uh, that's a real rivalry starting out there, and that's that's been uh, fun to watch. <laughs> ESPN ESPN called it the best rivalry in the NBA. Yeah, like, this is this is fun. It's quickly becoming must see TV. That's for sure. I did I, I did not see that one coming before the season started. No, <laughs> right. not at all. Well, well you in guys, fact, uh, we were we were uh, panicking about the January to be wary, which there are still a lot of tough games left in January, but. You know, it started out with uh, home and home with the Bucks, and we're like, "Oh, there's two losses." And instead, we're giving uh, Milwaukee a, an existential crisis. Basically, <laughs> we're forty percent of their losses. They've they've lost ten <laughs> games, and we've won four of those games from them. Like this is insane. <laughs> like also, also, we've played five games against them only because of the tournament. Right? This would never happen in a, a, yep. you know a season before this. And we won four of those five games. And the only game they won against us was after the tournament where <laughs> Antetokounmpo put up historically his best career high. It was 64 points, and it was also Milwaukee Bucks high in scoring ever, uh, even over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And uh, there was the whole uh, you know game ball gate that you guys did such a good job of uh, going over last week. Um, that's the only way they won that game. Otherwise, we're dominating this team. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And if they have to do against us what they did in that game that they did win, no one's going to be available on their team for the next round of whatever playoffs they're in because <laughs> it was just pure bully ball out there. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I would love to see a, a seven-game series of this, right? Can, gonna... we, can, we, can we play them a 3-6 matchup and go ahead and – I don't know beat them (laughs) i'm in i'm so as of today the pacers are in the home court top of the bracket at Mm. 20 and 14 we are fourth in the east Mm. however there are four teams behind us that are all 20 and 15 which we're about to be is that official in boston yeah yeah so So we're now 20 and 15 yeah a lot a lot of a lot of basketball to be played, and it's going to be interesting to see how the East shakes out. Obviously, a lot of parity when there's five teams that are tied uh, in wow. January. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Colson, I agree with you. I think that there was a sort of a reset of, you know, obviously the lineup and um, a bit more focus on defense. But I think really this is the answer to this is simple. It's Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton just. You know, I, I don't know if he was exhausted after the tournament and all the amazing stuff that he was doing there, but he went through a stretch in that 
you know, that stretch where we lost six and seven, where he just wasn't Tyrese Halliburton to me, like to the eye test. The, the numbers are similar. Um, his shooting was a bit down. His scoring was a bit down. And I don't know what, what changed, but he seemed to recapture that effervescence that he had uh, during the tournament. I mean, he did, he hurt himself a bit in that Washington game, which was sort of the second loss in that um, stretch. And I wonder if now he's over that, but just to give you a, a flavor, uh, he did things that uh, haven't been done really in NBA history, or maybe have only been done a couple times. So against Chicago, he goes ahead and drops 20 assists, uh, 21 points and zero turnovers which is only the second time in NBA history that such a line has been put up. I think Chris Paul had the other one. Uh, two days later, he goes out against the uh, the Knicks and throws up 23 assists and really could have had, like, 30. It was nuts, like, the pace at which he was giving these Tying things out. a franchise record. Yeah. And at the same time, like, picking his spots and hitting huge shots and, like, getting to the lane and, and making buckets when we need them. And then against the well, and, and uh, well, the back-to-back twenty uh, assist games was only done what twice in history. It was Stockton and uh, Magic Johnson, I believe. I mean, it's something just, like yeah, that. it's like yeah. that. The stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, and then through the the two Bucks games, which he was magnificent in, he shot fifty percent in both of those games. Uh, in the second game, you know, hit five three pointers, all of which were key. Um, had three blocks and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also racked up double digit assists. And so that four game stretch, Tyrese Halliburton threw up sixty six assists and only had four turnovers. Mm. Mm. And I mean, when your best guy is playing at that level, I mean, you're gonna win games, which is well fantastic. In the Hawks see. game, which we you know we put up. 50 assists on 60 field goals, which is outrageous. Um, he put up 18 assists in like 28 minutes and then sat mm-hmm. down because we were... 25 minutes. Yeah. yeah, we were just beating the snot out of him. He didn't have to play anymore. I mean, just exactly. absolutely unbelievable. He's got like a 5-1 to one turnover ratio. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Which is, not, which is not a real thing, like, This is <laughs> not a thing that's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, Welcome to the four future. 4-1 to one is... Four to one is like the best in history. Like this is stupid. This is great. It's amazing. It is awesome. And I mean, you know, he he credits his guys. Obviously, you know, uh, obviously assists are inter are uh, directly proportional to field goal makes, <laughs> right? So if the team's shooting well, then he's going to do a lot better. You have a night like tonight against the Celtics, where the Pacers shoot an atrocious amount from three point range eight of 42 from three point range. Right. And he's only got seven assists, but you know, by and large, this team has the best field goal percentage in the league and put, like you said, puts up the most points. So, and all of that is driven by the, the, you know, catalyst like play of, of Tyrese Halliburton. Well, and he got, uh, you know, player of the week, uh, in response to his, mm-hmm. his twenty uh, back-to-back twenty-point games, um, I'm glad the NBA is recognizing him. Um, I, I looked hard to try to find this stat, but there's there's something 
to be said for uh, the Miles Turner um, Halliburton pick and roll at this point is becoming nearly unstoppable. Um, in that uh, Hawks game, uh, I think Turner put up 27. Um, they're just becoming incredibly dangerous. I was trying to, I, I had heard something earlier in the season about how we were closing in on sort of Stockton Malone type numbers. Um, and I haven't, I haven't found anything to, um, to quantify that or to back that up. But we are, uh, those, those two are clearly the best duo on the team. Um, and it looks like they're right with Embiid and Maxi for the best pick and roll duo in the NBA right now. So, um, that's, it's pretty amazing. Cause MB, uh, cause Embiid is an MVP candidate right now. So, yeah. CBS had a nice article about, uh, talking to other Pacers about Tyrese's passing. Uh, Andrew Nimhart called him diabolical, which it's <laughs> a good, that's good. Which I liked a lot. Um, He's also described as artistic. He's an artist. Uh, Miles Turner, responsible for uh, 92 of 380 assists that Tyrese mm. has had this season prior mm. prior to the Celtics game. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, he's getting he's getting the rock a lot. And Isaiah Jackson's hitting like 80% of his shots within three feet because, because of Halliburton. <laughs> Puts it, yeah. A right above the basket for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does make it easier. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I, I just I'm I'm so proud of the the way the I mean, we need more rebounding, we need more interior defense, but I feel like our big guys are playing really well, and maybe that's just the way that Halliburton makes them look. <laughs> I don't know. He's just, uh, I don't know. And also, we're real small outside of our three big guys, so I don't know. Uh, he does an incredible job of spacing the floor and you know putting guys in a position to succeed. He's just just incredible. Yeah, and he will be rewarded with an All Star berth, without a doubt, by fan voting. You think? Yeah, mm-hmm. most likely. All right. He's a very popular guy. In <laughs> scene uh, tournament, uh, and he got a lot of shine. He yeah. got a yeah. lot of shine. And he is, I mean, right now, I mean, Jokic is an incredible player. But if you ask me who I'd rather watch play basketball, I'm going with Tyrese right now. Did, although, did you see uh, Jokic's three-pointer from, like, the logo to finish the game the other night? And he jumped around like a little kid. Like, that was pretty fun. I, 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 yeah. He he wasn't that excited when he won the title. I mean, my, guy, so... my guy routinely skips on the floor, so. Yeah, good call. Good call. It's called the Halliburton Hop, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to circle back to uh, Andrew Nimhard, who I agree with you, Colson, had a big impact um, in these games uh, recently. But he got hurt in the, I think it was the first Milwaukee game, uh, and then missed the second one. Do we know what his status is? He has like a bad back, basically. So uh, he's yeah, going to so- be in and out. Sore lower year. back. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I assume that... Um... You know, that will uh, destroy him for the rest of his life. Um, sore lower backs are chronic and awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think he'll be back soon. Uh, look, 
I think we forgot how special he was last year. I mean, he was a rookie and was playing starting shooting guard for us um, on a pretty successful team until we decided to start tanking. You know, we Halliburton went down with an injury and we put him down and, you know, whatever. But, like, you know, we were winning a lot of games and, and uh, Nimhard was the driving force behind some big wins, including a game winner in L.A. and all that stuff on the road. Um, this kid's really special. And I think having him healthy is really important. I think when you put him in the starting lineup, it also frees up uh, McConnell to be the full-time backup point guard. And, you know, he does so much stuff for us um, as far mm-hmm. as change of pace, um, being an adult on the floor. Uh, you know, and the... Uh, the other thing to remember is this winning streak, uh, that six-game winning streak, started around the same time that we we, we re-signed uh, James Johnson, right? Uh, we got the adult in the room as the 15th man, big guy, enforcer, you know. Obviously I don't know. the difference. Ish. I, I, I think we signed him. I mean, I agree with you that he's a great locker room guy, but I think we signed him, if I remember right, it was... Before the the Washington game, I think. Okay. Right? Well, I mean, it takes him a while to get his presence known. You know, I mean, <laughs> sure. you don't have to do it in day one. You give him a guy a couple weeks. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Fair but enough. no, I mean, I, that stuff matters, right? And like, I, I think the uh, energy in the locker room, um, and I, I really do think, I mean, uh, Carlisle is um, a, a pretty open coach. You know, he talks about things that he's not happy with. And he's been really upset about the defense for a long time. And, um, you know, he finally got fired up enough to start making changes and threatening guys about their playing time. And, and stuff changed. Um, he was clear about that. And, you know, you put that in the same thing with James Johnson and, and uh, Jalen Smith and, and Nimhard getting that starting, you know, getting those starting minutes and, and stuff changes. I, I'm, I, you know. You know, one of my favorite teams um, of all time was I think was it the was it the eighteen team, uh, seventeen team. We had Old Depot, but we had a bunch of uh, guys like Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young and uh, Collison and and Corey Joseph. All these guys that just did the little things, right? And that was it. And, and we had Nate McMillan who, as a coach, wanted the team to do little things, and so we won the game in the margins, right? We, we got the offensive rebounds, and we didn't turn the ball over, and we won more than half of our games. Just as a scrappy and, you know, not the most talented team, but we just worked harder every day. This team is young and has none of those advantages, and we're not trying to win in the margins. <laughs> we're just going to outscore you. Um, we don't do the little things very well. Um, and part of that is Carlisle's design. And now he's a little upset about it. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, you create your own demons, but if you can fix that in real time, this, this season still has a chance. Well, I think the season has a fantastic chance. I mean, like Harper said, we're currently fourth, but I mean, tied with six teams, (laughs) six other teams or whatever. Right. But there's a clear gap between there's like those, I think it's five teams. And then there's a big drop off to the, like those go through the eighth spot and then nine, 10 are like significantly behind. So I think this team, so not good. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I think this team is 
at a minimum headed towards a a play-in scenario and getting some postseason action i guess at some level and then if things can continue to go okay then potentially you know getting them that top six range or whatever that's definitely on on the that's got to be the goal i mean i on the horizon yeah i I mean this six game i I think the last time yeah i think the last time we podcasted i was saying like this team needs to go on like a six or seven game win streak like soon because the schedule is going to get super tough and that's the thing that they haven't done yet and so they did that and now you can see how valuable that is <laughs> like put you solidly five games above yeah instead of 14 and 14 right yeah right. exactly so well and this is this is a really tough stretch uh you know um i don't what did you call it uh jason the uh the the horrible name of january be wary or something be like wary that. january yeah uh because um you know it started out well but now we have this this back-to-back boston stretch and then we go on a i think it's a is it a five or six game western road swing where there's six two game. back-to-backs in the midst of it and it's Correct. this is going to be a very tough stretch and so the fact that we gave ourselves a little breathing room going into the stretch is important uh, we may be 500 two weeks from now but if we didn't go on this this winning streak, we'd be below, you know. So, well, there's we gonna did be what some, we had to do. There's going to be some ups and downs for this team. We knew that going into the season. Like, you know, this yeah. this is a young team, and while there are you know holes, a lot of which is the experiencey sort of stuff that a Thaddeus Young does for you. Um, <laughs> you know, that's what that's what maturing into the game and, and growing is. And we have a good coaching staff that's so going to coach these guys up. And I think it speaks really well to the makeup of the roster that Carlisle has enough you know, ponies in the stable that he can rework his starting lineup and rip off a six-game win streak out of what what he had on the bench. Um, I mean, that, that, that speaks really well for our team and the level of cohesion in the locker room, I think. Uh, so, I, I don't know, it's very exciting for this, for this group of guys. And they, they'll continue to improve. There will be some ups and downs, but... Yeah, we're no doubt. we're a playoff team. And well, there, we there know was that a, they can step up for big games. They love, they they, love, oh, they sure. like the spotlight. They t- that's the thing, right? The, uh, the bigger the game, the better they play. And and uh, I think there was uh, they were interviewing Turner. I don't know if it was after the fifty assist game or the forty assist game. <laughs> Both are ridiculous. Yeah. And he was going, yeah, that's just who we are. Like this is this is we do we share the ball and we care about each other and so stuff's going to happen like that and you're like yeah okay the fact that they feel like that and that's what they want and that's what they care about matters that's really cool so Mm -hmm. well next week the be wary january uh continues it's gonna get monday (laughs) monday hosting boston again uh wednesday hosting the wizards uh, and then Friday at Atlanta. That's the beginning oh, of our got six this. game. Oh, the, no, this week's good. <laughs> well, Sweep. hold on, my friend. <laughs> That's the beginning of our six-game road swing, which we go at Atlanta, at Denver, at Utah, at Sacramento, at Portland, at Phoenix, mm. and then come home to play Denver, Philly, Phoenix, and Memphis before going back on the road to play oh. Boston and New York. Yeah. Oh. Who's, who's, oh, and New York is all of a sudden super scary. 
Oh. Yeah, exactly. And then Sacramento. And Utah is playing good ball. Yeah. And like Portland's on the second night of a back-to-back. Like oh. Phoenix is kind of a mess, but they also have KD and Booker and Beal is back now. Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if they're a Memphis mess anymore. Memphis has Jaw. <laughs> like, yeah, Jaw's back. This is, this is oh. going to be a stretch. So keep your head up. There's going to oh. be some some ass whoopings in there for sure. But uh, again, you know, like you said, Colson, this team can score with the best of them, and so like you know, they can easily outscore a team. Any one of these sites. If we can go 500 through this stretch of basketball, it'd be a miracle. Fantastic. It'd be a miracle. If we could do that, uh, put us in the fourth seed. I, I just, there's just no way we go 500 in this stretch. It's just impossible. I think we could be above 500 by the end of the season. I think the rest of the season we can roll downhill, but this stretch is the worst of the of the whole season. Yeah. So, for sure. If we can go 500, uh, God bless us. We're, we're a home court playoff team. Yeah, this That's is the I'm worst predicting. stretch of the season. This is the worst stretch of many seasons. Many seasons. Yeah. I agree with that. This is brutal. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Whew. But all right, you don't you don't get, you don't get better by playing the worst teams in the leagues, right? Iron sharpens iron. So That's a good point. You know, this stuff is yeah. is good for us, even if we gotta peg a few losses along the way. There's no way we're an under 500 team. There's no way. It's not where we're gonna end this season. I love okay. these guys. I agree. Too good for that. I do too. Uh, I, I before we uh, close up here, uh, I was uh, going through my favorite uh, Pacer teams of all time, right? And I, I have a top ten that I keep in my phone, and uh, I I know, uh, of course, of course, of course, I do. And how many um, have you accused of giving up on themselves <laughs> and losing their soul? Probably all of them. Probably all of them during the season <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Um, but right now, without playoff, because uh, the playoff runs usually matter for my top ten. Uh, right now, this is this is my twelfth favorite team of all time, and, and since I've been watching this team, and I've been watching this team since I was eleven years old. So, uh, so yeah, I'm loving I'm loving watching this season. These guys are so fun. They're good guys. Halliburton is a miracle. Um, right now, they're they're twelve. Um, we'll see what happens. Let's keep going. So I thought you said you kept a top 10 list, but this team is 12th. <laughs> well, so, so it's like his top 25 list. Of all, uh, so there's phases. a top 10 and then there's so it's like, like 10C? five. Yeah. No, no, no. There's, there's it's the 10 ish. <laughs> there's five teams under that, that they're constantly moving around. Right. So it's a top 15 it's, list. It's, what a, you're it's a fluid list. It's a fluid list. <laughs> Occasionally, there's twenty. You know, uh, we'll have to do an episode on that. About... We'll have to do an episode on my top. <laughs> top. Where does that team? Uh, who shared that with us? There was a, a great clip of uh, Al Harrington re uh, rediscussing the, oh, the shootout at Rio uh, with Stephen with Jackson. Jackson. Where where does that team uh, rank? Are they on your list? No, no, they no, gotta be. No, no, they did not make the list. They shot I mean, up. like occasionally. You think about them. Weren't that? Wasn't that a lovable bunch of guys driving around with back seats full of a guns? back seat <laughs> yeah. full of guns? Jamal Tinsley had twenty five, at least twenty five guns in his back seat. Yeah, he did not. That did not make the the list. But Al Harrington was on the I'm team. At- yeah, but he didn't have any guns in his back seat. And, and I can't figure out whether you're saying that it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm confused now. 
<laughs> Steven Jackson only had one gun, which I thought was interesting. That's like a weird he had, number he had for just, Steven Jackson. He had, he had just gotten his first gun. Ah. Yeah, uh, and he ended up with zero teeth. So Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Lost all his teeth. Do you think, were the guns in the backseat, were they just, were they in... Cases or they were just loose. No, I think it was just, just loose guns. I just rattling just around rattling in the backseat. Around. Guns sliding around in the backseat. Every, t- every hard stop. Nine <laughs> millimeter gun slide goes off. Then yeah. <laughs> it slides onto the floor. Yeah. Just like onto no, some I other guns. No, no. I think he had a rifle like uh like uh, seat belted in, you know, just so it didn't fall <laughs> You don't want that one going Exactly. Anywhere, so. <laughs> he had a child seat for you know, his 9mm. I don't know. Little, little uh, but I think the rest of them just, just rolled around. I think they were just lying on top of each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, just think... <laughs> I also thought when he was talking about it, like a, um, a Halloween bag. You know? Like, he just had, like, a big bag with all of them in there. You sort of, like, you put your hand in and pull out your favorite gun. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever's on top. <laughs> or you dig around for the Reese's Pieces gun. You know? I don't know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on what kind of mood you're in, you know. I don't have to. Yeah, was, the, and like the story. other nice little tidbit of that story is that they had all gone and uh, registered to get their gun license, like mm-hmm. together, together apparently. Yeah, and like a sheriff team. came to like somebody's house and was just passing out gun, gun licenses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, gotta love Indiana. Although oh. I, I thought uh, Jermaine O'Neal looks like a hero in that story because he was like, "Hey, dude, you." Uh, Steven Jackson, don't go shoot people. You should go to the hospital since you have no teeth. <laughs> I thought that was pretty well, he great was the advice. Of our team, you know, he was. So. Thank God he was there. <laughs> so Steven Jackson went to the hospital instead of shooting people. So shout out Jermaine O'Neal. Um, if Jermaine O'Neal wasn't fourth all time on my face for twenty five list, he would have moved up to fourth. That's how. That's how mm-hmm. good that was. It was yeah. Uh, actually, he might have moved above Baby Al after that story. <laughs> Doesn't look great in that story. I, I'm going to move up. No. You know, I'm doing it right now live. J.O. Wow, moves breaking, above Baby breaking Al. Breaking news. Oh, my goodness. 20 years So he's number three fight. now? He's number three now. Baby Al is four. Wow. This I'm is... Fixing it on my phone right now as we speak. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> All right. Well, while Colson's fixing in that that list in his phone, uh, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, at some point, probably later this week. And uh, you can find us on Twitter between now and then. Uh, we are at Undebeatables. We have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash theundebeatables. You could go to our website, theundebeatables.com, where we have a contact form. Uh, or you can send us an old-fashioned email, shout out at theundebeatables.com. Uh, back at that website, theundebeatables.com, I'll say it one more time. We not only have a contact form, we have a uh, merch page. You can get yourself a t-shirt. I'm going to keep breaking news. I'm doing this. Mm. I'm going to put J.O. at number two. Screw Whoa. it. He's above Ooh. AD now. I love J.O. Wow. 
This is happening real time All right now. All he had to do is not shoot people. Just skyrocket <laughs> right on up that list. <laughs> All right. No, I think Jo's the uh, He's a my, pacifist. He's my second he's soft spot for pacifists. You know? Second face to face. Look, <laughs> I, I think we said it would have to be a few more years before I do a top 25. So you guys are going to have to just, you know, imagine this in real time. But right now, it's Reggie Miller, Jermaine O'Neal, number two. Mm. There it is. Boom. I'm sending a tweet to Antonio Davis. You got to remedy this situation. Hey, maybe stop some gun violence, AD, and see what happens. Maybe you go back up to... (laughs) For the architect, Honey Wall, she was definitely a part of building all of those teams. (laughs) And our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklinen. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Yeah. Donnie Walsh drinks a lot of Diet Cokes. Trying to wash that those years away. (laughs) There are so many bottoms of a Marlboro Red Pack that will... (laughs) Fix, Fix that pain. <laughs> just Jamal Tinsley. Just Jamal Tinsley alone is responsible for so much. Oh my god. Like at, at least eight cartons of Marlboro well, Red. You know what? Uh he is uh, that team is actually one of my top teams when he was a rookie. Harper and you and I live in New Orleans. Um and he put up those 20 assists as a rookie. We thought he was the the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yes, we did. Um, that we did not look in his backseat. <laughs> no, we did not. He did, he, he did not have a backseat full of guns at that point. He was eating all of the Taco Bell at that point, but he was not. <laughs> <laughs> he, his backseat was full of Taco Bell and, and uh, um, Arby's, but it was hey, not wait, I just real, Didn't Jamal Tinsley go to Iowa State, too? I, I, uh, Iowa. Iowa State. State, okay. Iowa State. Oh, look at this. The two people with the most assists in a single game in NBA or Pacers franchise history. Point guards from Iowa State. And also Mount San Jacinto. Mm. Where's uh where's Caitlin Clark play? Iowa. Okay. Hopefully, so there's something. Hopefully, she, soon for the for the Indiana yeah, fever. For the Indiana um, fever. So maybe we just have a pipeline to Iowa. I mean, they're turning out some basketball players. That's for sure. Uh, apparently, they I, walk out of the cornfield like Field of Dreams, and they just just throw dimes. <laughs> <laughs> I googled where is Jamal Tinsley now, and oh, no. I mm. found an article from 2022. <laughs> And the headline is Jamal Tinsley paid $250,000 in fines for not showering after practices and games. Quote, he didn't want to get naked with the rest of his teammates. Okay. Oh, wow. That's a lot of fines. That's a lot of fines. That's a lot of not showering. Oof, boy. Can you shower at home? or? (laughs) (laughs) Team really wants you to get naked, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a weird rule at some level 
Do what's the rule here on the uh, the unbeatables? Do we have to shower before or after the pod? Like, is there fines going? I mean, I usually shower afterwards because I feel icky. <laughs> <laughs> You'll pay the fines. That's what keeps the show afloat, right? That's how we. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's we, our primary that's source we, of funding at this point. Is this is fine for Jason and I showering? <laughs> oh dear. Uh.